What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the For the Berg podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Ron Gaeta. My guest today is JT from Famous Last Words and Postscript. We run through every Famous Last Words album, talking about the concept story and recording process behind each record. JT also gives us his personal favorite song from each record as well. He talks about their plans to release new Famous Last Words music, and definitely be sure to check out his new Postscript song. It's a cover of Nine Inch Nails' Hurt, streaming on Spotify as we speak. Enjoy, guys. Nope. Mr. Pop. All right, guys, today I have JT from Famous Last Words. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, keeping busy during the quarantine here. Oh, yeah. Lots of projects <laughs> going on. Awesome. Um, do you want to just jump right into it here? Some of your earlier musical influences, when you decided you want to play music for a living, or when you knew that that was an actual possibility? Whew. That's a big question. That's a lot of, that's a <laughs> Start, lot of information. Starting off hot on this so, one. <laughs> so when I was like 14, I went to a concert with my sister and it was Reggie and the Full Effect, Alkaline Trio, and My Chemical Romance. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That was my first concert ever. Hell yeah. Like, real concert ever. So I Mine was, was Smash lucky. Mouth. <laughs> well, that's dope too. Well, for sure, but Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> but um I, I I don't even it's hard to to remember because I don't even remember what I was expecting. But I, I know when I got there, I was just blown away. It was in Ypsilanti, Michigan, and it was at a college. Um, and when I got there, there was just, you know, huge lines. The first time I, I've really seen anything like this. Like, I, I wanted to play music, and I was in, like, a, a, a pop-punk band before Famous Last Words was around. Um, but it was, like, a high school band. You know, nothing super serious. I mean, Famous Last Words started as a high school band, too. But so this was predating that so it was i was young i didn't really know what to expect um and it blew my blew me away like i i couldn't even believe just the scale because i never saw anything like that before and it just just seeing like it was it was when my cam was touring um three cheers for sweet revenge wow and alkaline trio was touring crimson awesome. so it was like oh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah <laughs> it was amazing and I heard, I, I never heard Reggie in the full effect before, and they were good, but man, Alkaline Trio and My Chem just was like, it, it just blew me away. So Alkaline Trio and My Chemical Romance were a huge influence. Surprisingly, though. Can't tell by the um, name of the band. It's That actually had nothing to do with Are it. Are you serious? I thought for yeah, sure I was going to ask I that. I know. <laughs> Everyone said that, and I, I didn't even know, for the longest time, <laughs> I didn't even know they had a song called Famous Last Words. It's a great no song, too. Because... <laughs> I, okay, I know people might talk shit about this, but I sort of stopped listening to them after Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Like, I heard Black Parade, and, like, I think listening back now, I appreciate it more, but or at first listen, I don't know. I just wasn't as into it. Right. So I, I just didn't listen to it as much. So I had no idea. And uh, 
I kind of discovered that. And then everyone always thought that the name and, and my experience seeing them for the first time, like it went hand in hand. Right. Yeah. It totally <laughs> it makes did. sense. It was a good right? story, but <laughs> right. It just, it goes to show that like, you know, things aren't always face value. Right. So true. Um, what about I know we're, we're, we'll get into a little more of this later, but since we're on the name thing, postscript, what's what's the the reason behind that name? Um, Finch. Finch no, song. Actually, oh, man. Again, I thought for sure. Yeah. I had it again. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was kind of clever um, because postscript is like the last thing in a, in a letter and it's the last words of a letter. I mean, it's awesome. Famous, I just, my famous last words. <laughs> I just yeah. I figured I was like, man, this dude's a huge My Chemical Romance and Finch fan. It's awesome, cause so am I. Cause <laughs> his bands after two of those songs, but neither of them. <laughs> I know it's so funny. Um, so what what I've done with a few of the guys on here, uh, it's like an album run through type thing. We um, just go through the catalog here, just a quick story about uh, about each record, the recording process, uh, or what was going on with the band during that time, and then your personal favorite song on uh, off of each record, if that's cool. All right, let's do it. Cool. We'll start at the beginning here. Um, I wasn't sure if Pick Your Poison was an EP or an album, so we'll go. We'll, we'll start with that either way. All right, it was an EP, but it was like the first time we. It wasn't the first like professional recording that we ever did, but it was the first um, one through a label that was like put out, and we did it with Cameron Mizell uh, at Chango Studios, and that that whole experience was pretty wild because. We parted ways with our screamer that we had in the band before that. And I was just the singer prior to that EP. Um, and then we were like, man, we got to get into the studio in like three months. We already booked the time, paid it, everything. And we had no screamer with lots of screaming parts. And right. Like, oh, shit. So I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll just try. I'm going to try to learn. And um, what ended up happening was I, I actually, before we, we parted ways with the screamer, I demoed out Labyrinth, our song Labyrinth that's on that EP. And I did the screaming myself and it wasn't like great. It wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't great. Um, I, it can't be easy to do. I mean, man. <laughs> well, it's so different than singing. Like I'm using completely different parts of my body, you know, to do the two. It, you might not think so, but it's it's very different. And it, so yeah, we I did that demo. It wasn't great, and then we parted ways with our screamer. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it'll sound better in a better studio. And I got time to practice. And yeah, I just went in and and tried my very best. And then after that, I was the screamer for the band. Hell yeah, <laughs> that's <Right>? awesome. <laughs> Pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, so what would your favorite song be off of that EP? Um, starting over. That one's about my daughter, so I'm biased. Well, yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's this is your personal face so that, that that's good yeah. um so we move on to the uh the debut album then um two-faced charade yeah it's awesome awesome record thanks man there's a lot of okay picking a favorite off this one's tough because i like different songs for different reasons like some mm -hmm. are more fun to play live some are more fun to listen to um than they are to play honestly um it's probably shit <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything yeah. about the about the the recording process or, or or anything or what what was going on there? Yeah, so that that changed quite a bit. We we moved to uh, Metro Thirty Seven Studios. It's called something different now, um, but we recorded it with Nick Sampson was our engineer and he um, engineered and produced, and then Joey Sturgis was the main producer, and then another guy named Nick Scott also did some like editing and stuff on it. So it was like this big team. 
of uh, of people. It was pretty pretty wild. And this um, this was co-written co-written between me and my bass player uh, Jesse Maddie. He was our old bass player. He's not in the band anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we we recorded the whole album before we recorded the whole album. We did a full pre-production album, um, and I think that was a really smart thing to do and a good way to go like have everything ready before you go in we haven't done it that way to that extent since um but i think we should (laughs) i think we should do that again because it it really showed how um we, we just nailed all the details all the tiny details in that album and i feel like that album was a lot heavier too i think a lot of uh nick sampson's influence from because he he plays guitar in a band called i'm abomination and they just shred crazy guitar parts. And Jesse wrote some crazy guitar parts. And I think um, like our us three together really just like crushed that record. And um, the story came up one time. Jesse and I were driving. I was going to pick up my daughter, and he came with me. And it was like an hour drive. And we were originally wanting to do a concept record that followed the story of Fan of the Opera. And our management was like, No, don't do that. And what they meant, I think, was like, don't do concept albums. Um, but we just took it as like, oh, you don't want us to do Phantom of the Opera? Okay, we'll, <laughs> we'll do something else. We'll write our own. So we, we came up with this completely random story that's very, you know, similar to like the, the vengeance and the jealousy that comes from Phantom of the Opera. And yeah, that's how we got the story. It, we wrote it out in like 10 minutes and then we kind of just had to perfected after that like the initial idea was put together very quickly um so that whole process was a lot of fun and it was our first concept record so we had to kind of figure out like the way to go about that and what we did was i, I kind of wrote down what each uh song sort of represented like a chapter mm-hmm. and then i'd be like okay so this is what this song has to be about like we have to mention this part of the story for it to make sense and this is the kind of vibe I'm looking for. Like it's uh, aggressive and angry or it's um, supposed to focus more on the jealousy aspect of it um, or it needs to be more hopeful sounding, you know, stuff like that. And I made this whole folder <laughs> that I, I sent to Jesse and he was like, all right, let's go. And he started writing instrumentals for it. And uh, yeah, it was, it was such a cool new process to us. Um, so much fun. Yeah. Did did you guys end up making a short film out, out of that or? Yeah, we did. Yeah. We uh after after we came up with the concept and the story and we had had it all ready, I got my um, my sister actually wrote a short story that we released. Um, we didn't officially release it with anything. We just put it on like a a word document or something and put it online for people to go read. Mm-hmm. Um, but that served as the base for what was going to be the script. So awesome. yeah, so many cool like creative things and projects came just from that one drive to go pick up my daughter (laughs) (laughs) that's cool favorite song off that record i know i got you on it again (laughs) i gave you time back Um, it'd either be show must go on just because that is such a banger to end with like it just tied up the story so well and both both parts um i clumped that into one song because it was supposed to originally just be one song, but we we decided to to cut it up into two just for uh, it, it's like impossible to play live the second part because there's like twelve of me singing at one time and it's like <laughs> not possible. People always ask, they're like, 
why don't you play part two live? It's like, we can't. <laughs> I need like so many more singers to just hop <laughs> on or else it would just be all backtracked. And it was like, eh, you yeah. know, like you could do it, but it wouldn't be right. Like, it wouldn't be right. Yeah. yeah it, it, it just didn't. If I managed to get like a bunch of singers from a tour to hop on and do it with me, that would be cool. That'd but be cool. Yeah. That, that hasn't worked out yet. So, um, it'd either be showing us go on part one and two or to play hide and seek with jealousy. Yeah. Awesome. Play hide with jealousy. Just cause that end part. It's so fun. Awesome. Uh, moving on here. Um, the next album council of the dead <sighs> council of the dead was, was wild. We, we ended up just going with Nick Sampson that time. Um, he, he was just so great, like gr- so great to work with. So we were really pumped to work with him again. Um, and man, I'm trying to even think of how, how I came up with that story because it's such a wild story. I knew I wanted to do something completely different than Two-Faced Charade. Like I wanted to do concept record, but I didn't want it to be like a love story or something like that that focused on one person, um, which is why we, we came up with the, the idea of having each song be about one character in the council um and then it was after that it was really a similar process of you know figuring out the story and like this is who it's going to be about this is their part in the story and this is the vibe i want it to feel like musically um jesse wrote almost all of those songs instrumentally except for one in the chamber i did that one instrumentally and then um i did all the vocals too and then nick actually helped with the vocals on one in the chamber as well so that was um it was a little different process for sure and then i think the biggest part the biggest struggle for that one was the ending i had no idea how that story ended (laughs) for the longest time i was like i got this cool beginning you know they're gonna be at this council there's gonna be you know, this guy leading the council and it's going to be crazy. <laughs> We're going to see all these ghosts basically telling their stories about how they died. And then I'm like, so how do I end the most depressing record in the <laughs> history of ever on a note that feels like, uh, like fulfilling, you know, mm-hmm. like this feels like I, you know, listen to this and there's a purpose to it. And Eventually, I kind of came to the conclusion that I wanted to leave it sort of open for interpretation as far as like anyone's religious beliefs and, you know, just how whatever they think comes next. Um, The end of the beginning, the last track of that of that album totally covers it. Uh, And I actually wrote that song instrumentally on my phone using this program called a music studio that doesn't even exist anymore, which I'm really bummed about. But anyways, yeah, I wrote it on my phone when I was um, during some off time at work when I was tutoring math. I wasn't helping any kids at the moment. And I was like, I'm going <laughs> to doodle on this program. And I wrote the last song. And I was like, we actually, I had to go back to the studio after we went and recorded just to finish it up. That's so, awesome. Yeah. And during the process of recording Council of the Dead was when we were shooting um, the short film. So I was really the only one. Uh, who did anything in the short film so while Tyler and Nick were working on instrumental stuff I I uh, was in New York shooting the film came back did vocals it was it was like the busiest time ever (laughs) my mind was in so many different you know directions and projects I was it was 
it was a lot of fun and awesome and i'm really happy i did it but it was a lot of work so um and then favorite song shit again probably the end of the beginning that that final song it's just such a moving song and anytime i watch the uh one of the chamber video i just bawl my eyes out at the end when that song comes on i just i was just watching it today (laughs) every time like I'll, i'll pull it up you know every I guess it's been a long time since I pulled it up, but last I know last few times I've seen it, it's just like fucking waterworks immediately. <laughs> yep. It hits so hard and it carries such a weight, but I think, you know, it's such an important weight and message to it. So um, no regrets. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> You're right. Uh, the next one here, the incubus. Yeah. The incubus, the last concept record that we have put out mm-hmm. that, I always feel ridiculous telling the story of how I got the the concept for the for the story of it. Um, I was watching Family Guy one night, like three in the morning, and it had literally nothing at all to do with Family Guy or what I was watching or, you know, mentally consuming at that point in time. But it hit me like a train, dude. Like my uh, now fiance was was sleeping next to me and the idea like came to me and I was like, whoa, crazy. Like from the first track to the last track, each, what each song is going to be about just like hit me. And I wrote it down on my phone really quick and I'm so excited. I'm like, just like shaking with energy right now. Cause I, I'm just like so pumped on this idea that I got. And I'm like, babe, I got to tell you this thing. And, and I, I try to explain her the story and she just kind of looks at me and she goes, I no idea what you're talking about and i was like shit okay i gotta go tell someone else so tyler is living my in my basement i ran downstairs and i he was like playing video games or something i'm pretty sure i scared the shit out of him because he had headphones on he's like whoa what I, I was like tyler this could be the next record here's the idea blah 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 and he looks at me and he's like i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> So I got two of those, and, and I'm like, oh, man, I hope this is as crazy and cool of an idea as I want it to be. And then I kind of moved into, like, the uh, the research phase of it, and that's when shit just got heavy, because that is that is a very heavy story. And um, I, I'm really glad we did that record, because it was, it was a huge, like, learning opportunity for me, because a lot of what Christine, the main character, deals with is shit that I have never dealt with and I probably never will have to deal with being like you know a mid-20s white man you know what I mean so I got to learn a lot and I think having a daughter too really like brought a lot of perspective to that um but I'm glad we did it and that that research was very just trying to put myself into her shoes or any woman who's dealt with that kind of issue like into their shoes was just so um, it was difficult, but so worth worth the work because, you know, anything that I had to deal with doing the research was nothing compared to what they had to deal with. And it was it got a message out, you know, it right. it um, it helped spread the word on a fucked up subject that people don't normally like to talk about all the time. So that was cool. And it was like an honor to be able to do that. And then the story itself, you know, being um being like in the past doing something that wasn't necessarily in our uh time that was cool yeah that was a lot that was um so that was just like a really what's the word i'm looking for the introspective 
I don't know. That might be the wrong word. <laughs> but like putting myself into, into someone else's shoes, like completely different than me was awesome. And then the music turned out really great. Um, I originally wrote a lot of those songs on my phone too, using that same music studio program, nice. which is wild. Like almost the entire record of the Incubus was written on my phone, on an iPhone. And then I wrote it in mind that we were going to record it with Nick Sampson. Um, but we did, we ended up going with Taylor Larson, which was pretty wild because it turned out very different than I originally, uh, imagined, but it, it kind of showed like another layer of what we could do as a band. So that was, uh, that was a cool experience too. Yeah. Favorite song from that one. Pretty in porcelain or the, you know what? No, I think the judged, the judged, the, the lyrics in that song are like, I'm super proud of those lyrics because they have, uh, there's this in that song there's like three different pre-choruses and each one um shows like a different phase of christine's state of mind while she's in this dream like trial for for being guilty of basically her uh let me just start over and, and say give, give some background on the song go for so it <laughs> at, this, at this part of the story she's in a nightmare and the nightmare is that she's on trial um, and people are, are accusing her of essentially being raped. Like, it's her fault, um, which is something that a lot of victims have to deal with. Like, they, they feel like it's their fault. And in the first pre-chorus, she's like, shit, this is my fault. And then in the middle pre-chorus, she's kind of starting to realize, is this really my fault, or is this kind of fucked up? And then the last one, she's like, okay, yeah, this is fucked up. So the way that um, her mentality grows throughout that song um i was just really pumped on how i was able to give that much information in like three and a half minutes that yeah. was a huge challenge um but yeah i love how that song turned out and the chorus popping <laughs> awesome yeah. um so the the latest thing you guys put out um the uh arizona ep a few a few songs there what was it last year yep with, with arizona we recorded it with matt good and it originally started that we we kind of didn't know what we were going to do after i just i just interviewed matt good yesterday oh really yeah he was cool yeah he's very cool yeah um so we didn't we didn't know what we were going to do as a band it was kind of this weird period um we we left revival recordings and it was just kind of open um and evan our guitar player he was like what what do you say you know we we just try recording a couple songs just see what happens. Um, so we we're like, you know what? Sure, why not? That sounds fun. So we went and we did we did two songs, and I'm pretty sure it was No Walls and The Game were the first two songs that we did. And after getting it back, we were like, okay, that was kind of cool. Um, it's the first thing we've done in three albums that isn't a concept. It was just like it was raw. It was it was not just my story. But it was kind of all of our story. Like, we, we shared a lot of that, that feeling that I wrote about. Um, although, like, the, the specific situations were, you know, they were mine. But I know all the guys felt very similar to how I was feeling. Um, so that was really nice to be able to get a lot off my chest. Instead of writing about, you know, someone else and their experiences and researching it and stuff, I got to really dive into myself. So it was a very, like, vulnerable um, EP for me to write. It was super intense and then uh evan did a lot of writing on that one too we 
we actually wrote that in the studio, which is the first time we did that ever. We never wrote a song in the studio, and all of those songs were written in the studio. So it was a completely different experience than what we've had any other time. So it was refreshing. It was it was great. Awesome. Um, so getting to new music. Getting to new music. <laughs> um, we're not we're not doing any albums right now, uh, but we are working on a couple of new singles with Nick Sampson again. Awesome. And that actually, no one knows that. You're the first person to actually know that. The first person so, to know it until I until about a week or so from now. Yeah, until about a week. Until this until this goes up. New news. No one knows about it. Um, we we kind of wanted to to go back to our roots a little bit for a couple singles and see what happened. Awesome. More uh, concept style. No, actually, there's no plan as of right now to make it conceptual, but more so just the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, we just thought it would be fun to do that to go back to that that fast aggressive kind of heavier sound so we're we're gonna give that a shot hell yeah definitely looking forward to that um so um i I mentioned earlier the other project of yours postscript not based off of finch's uh song postscript (laughs) can you tell us a little bit about that um any new music coming there or, or new uh album or record coming there um I actually dropped something like three hours ago. Awesome. I guess we have to, be, yeah. I guess no, I have to check that a, out. I was, I was, so. I was writing this interview. I wasn't checking that out three hours ago. Right. <laughs> I uh, it was, it was like, um, it's a cover. I, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. I saw it. So we, we released it in kind of a funny way because Postscript is going to be working, doing a couple of singles through Substream Records, which is, um, Nick Moore from Invogue Records, like hip hop label. Mm-hmm. And then we're releasing a couple of the songs, the the new Famous Last Word songs, we're going to be releasing them through Invoke. So the way that we tagged this to get it um, heard by the most people was we made the primary artists on Spotify, Famous Last Words, and Postscript. Mm-hmm. So it just goes out to both of our audiences and, you know, gets seen as much as possible, um, it, which is such a weird thing to do. Uh but it, it's it's it was like the smartest thing to do, you know what I mean? And in the digital age we're living in, like I remember saying in the digital age, like years ago, and it's so much different now than it was years ago. And it's like holy shit! So you got to do these weird tricks to just get it out there as best you can. Um, but I mean, fuck, I'm the singer for both of them, so it's it's labeled as like a postscript and famous last word song. Um, but yeah, super 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 weird. <laughs> but it's out there and uh we're i'm i love how it turned out i got to sing in like my lower register which i don't get to do super often um so i'm, I'm kind of interested to, to see what people how people react to that or if they even think it's weird at all <laughs> they might just hear it and be like sick well, yeah, it's like, are they gonna like my lower register <laughs> um so the show is called for the berg here based out of uh, pittsburgh pennsylvania um do you have any favorite venues or cool show memories or uh any places that you'd like to go out while on tour here in pittsburgh there's this diesel's closed right yeah, yeah i think i've I been think there for i've only been there for like pittsburgh. one show before but yeah that was, that was a cool place i mean it was obviously a club like right a yeah but that's not even the coolest place that was in pittsburgh what Alter bar. Everybody says right? altar bar. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, that place is so cool. And that's the also closed. Church that they turned into a venue. Isn't it a church again? It's a church again. Yep. What? Yep. Pamela <laughs> Anderson had her birthday bash there. <laughs> like I was in a church again. I don't know. 
That's one. So you're funny. every single person says Alta Bar or Mr. Smalls, which is the other church that turned into a, a venue, which is still a thing. I haven't seen that. I don't think I've been there. Yeah, that, that's just that's another church. Yeah, that's oh, that's man. funny though. Do you know what the the, uh, the term Jagoff means? I mean, I know how I use that term. <laughs> it's it, like the Jagoff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh term uh, means dickhead, asshole, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Being being in a band, meeting a lot of famous people, being on tour or whatever, um, is there anybody you were excited to meet that that turned out to be a Jagoff? I've asked every guy this question. I'm batting about 500 on this right now. That turned out to be like a complete Jagoff? Not really. Honestly, like there, there were some people I was expecting to be like just some asshole. And, then and well, even in the beginning, it's like, are you? Are you? Like I can't tell, but. I feel like towards the end of a tour, almost everyone that we've been on, it's been like a, like we've, it starts weird. And then like right at the end of the tour is when everyone's like, all right, I'm officially ready to keep doing this for like another month. You guys are dope. I'm comfortable with you. I'm comfortable being on tour. Let's go. And then it's like, oh, time to go home. (laughs) And then you have these people you're like, oh, we're, you're my brother. We're best friends. I'm going to totally keep talking to you. And then like you'll talk for a couple of weeks, and then after that, it's like you don't hear much from them ever again. Never like again. you can reach out, but I mean, but that's to be expected. You know, you you go on to the next tour and you tour with another band and grow these relationships, and it's just like this cycle, and it's not a, a big deal or personal because then you reconnect on the road, and it's like that feeling that you had before kind of comes back, and it's like, oh, I fucking missed you. Um, <laughs> But never like any super negative people or things that I would have to say about anybody, really. That's good. Awesome. Um, yeah, speaking I mean, of, I could be super lucky, you know. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of touring, though, a question here: If your band could tour with just one other band for the rest of your career, who would that band be and why? For the rest of my career, just one band. <laughs> I'm gonna say My Chemical Romance. There you go. Awesome. Just because, okay, just because one, I think it coming circle like that would just be insane and two every show would be guaranteed sold out yep, yep. <laughs> like, those are two great reasons yeah, <laughs> yeah two, that's that's all i need um <laughs> do you or anybody in the band have any weird like uh superstitious pre-show rituals or anything like that i, I wish i had a better answer but no <laughs> no we just we just like you know do some warm-up we're so boring dude <laughs> we're so boring we do some warm-ups none of us really get too drunk or anything like we're we're fairly responsible when it comes to performing and playing our shows. Um, so boring. <laughs> Good though. You got, uh, the last one here before I let you go, buddy. Um, what band have you seen the most live as a fan, not on tour with, uh, paid tickets as a fan? Uh, who have I seen a bunch of times? Man, it, it's kind of tough because I, I actually have don't get an opportunity to go to many shows with where I live. So I live in Michigan, which is in uh, Petoskey, Michigan, which is like super northern Michigan, not in the upper peninsula, but at the very top of the mitten. So like the closest like big shows to us are still four hours away. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't really seen a bunch of bands a bunch of times. I don't really get that opportunity to be like, oh, I'm going to go see these people every single time they come through because the like we don't even have a music venue near our town in Potosky. Wow. there's not like a, a a venue that you'd book like our kind of band at so like local a local show for us hasn't happened 
since you know like 2013 or something wow yeah well i I definitely appreciate it thank you is there anything you want to say or plug or anything before before i let you go uh definitely check out that new cover of hurt it's on it's on youtube right now and tomorrow it's going to be on um, spotify and all the streaming platforms and also be on the lookout for some new postscript songs and new famous last word songs coming real soon awesome i appreciate it buddy thank you yeah thanks for having me man nope mr pop all right i hope you guys enjoyed jt from famous last words we'll see you next time guys (laughs) 